Okay, so one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, term supply. Okay, so we just finished recording with Justin Sylvester and we had the best time. I know this episode is longer than our normal. We really try to keep it within the 45 minute to an hour range typically, but there was just so much content this week. We had Gigi Hadid, Kristen Cavallari, Britney Spears. Then Isabel came on and we did a whole Real Housewives of Beverly Hills segment because Justin was at the dinner party. That was the most recent episode. Um, And then Julie and I did the award ceremony and our Kardashian recap solo, but we had the best time. I hope you guys love it. And I forgot to say it, so I just want to take one second to remind you, if you have not yet voted, please, please, please vote for us for the Webby Awards. The link is in our bio and it would just mean the world to us. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And we are so excited today. We are joined by host of Ease Daily Pop and Just the Sib podcast. And honestly, just one of our favorite people ever, Justin Sylvester. Bitch. (laughs) The only two people I will wake up on a Sunday for before 10 o'clock are you two. Oh my God. And we are grateful for it because let me tell you something. This was a week we couldn't do it alone. We needed you for this one. I literally looked at the outline and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get in so much trouble this week at work. And (laughs) I give zero fucks. I know. I mean, for for those of you listening, I want you to know the outline is 13 pages. We did not fuck around this week. There's just a lot to get in. So you guys know, listen, today we're going to do Gigi, Kristen, Britney Spears, um, Anderson Cooper. Isabel's going to come on before the award ceremony. We're going to debrief Beverly Hills because obviously Justin was on that episode. Um, Kardashian recap, just a lot to get into. Oof. You guys ready? Girl, let me light my candle real quick. I have this like, creative <laughs> flow in. Get your thoughts out. Candle from a shaman in the middle of Peru. So I'm going to light this bad boy and I never really light it, but I'm going to light it today because there are a lot of things to talk about. Oh, I love that. We need that energy. Mm, I got it right here. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is, there's going to be a mix. We're going to give you guys a lot of the factual information with a lot of discussion, but bear with us because there's some facts. So we're going to start with obviously Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik having a baby. Holy shit. So TMZ breaks this news on Tuesday saying that she's 16 to 20 weeks along and expecting a girl. 
And, you know, we kind of, once the news broke, obviously fans started to realize that when she was having her birthday party at their farmhouse, the the strings on the balloons were pink and blue. And there was, you know, a bag that Bella had put an emoji over. And when someone looked the bag up, they saw that it said, welcome little one. So there were all these little hints that we started to pick up on. But I don't know if you guys felt this way, but for me, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, TMZ broke it. So I'm pretty sure it's true. But like, I just need a little bit more proof, you know? Right. Um, you know what? The problem is, if TMZ breaks a story, there's a good chance that it's true. But the other thing that you have to take into account is that the Hadids aren't the Jenner Kardashians. They can't keep a secret. They yeah. cannot keep a secret to save their lives. Their dads are going to talk to everybody. The mom will, will break it, the news to everyone because she's so excited. I just think if anybody was going to have something leak this important, it was going to be that family because they're too young. Yeah. I mean, you know, her father, so Mohammed, who obviously you guys know is her dad, was the first to kind of speak on it. And he didn't say much, but he apparently told Al TV via Instagram Live, quote, normally I don't talk about family affairs in the public, so let's leave it alone for now. I have to get used to a lot of things, so let's keep that conversation for the next time. Let me digest it and talk to her first because I'm not sure if it's real or not. If she is, I'll be very happy just as long as the baby is healthy and she's healthy. That's all I care about. I'll be very proud of her if she has one. As of now, I'm not sure, so that's why I can't give it an answer. Which you see? Really it was so weird. I kind of thought it was bizarre. Yeah. Had Muhammad gone to the school, the Chris Jenner School of Celebrity, he would know, don't do not talk to anyone until we confirm this and until we drop this bomb. We are going to run right. this like Kylie Jenner's pregnancy. We are not going to say a damn thing. Even if a photo leaks of her 10 months pregnant outside of a 7-Eleven, you don't say a damn thing. Right. Exactly. But that's something, listen, I'm telling you this Chris Jenner stuff. That's why after, after the kids, you know, I don't know, in five or so years, she's got to take this to an educational matter because she could really teach publicity and, and PR on such a genius way, you know? No, for sure. But you know, it's different whenever you think about celebrity and you think about Kardashian celebrity, those girls run such a tight knit circle that they all live in the same, like, area. They all live in the same neighborhood, first and foremost. Yeah, right. All of their friends are the same friends. They've trusted the same people throughout the years. When it comes to leak proof, it's them because nothing can get past them and they're all together. Other celebrities go into this life and they don't have you know, a family. They don't have five other siblings that are equally as famous that they can lean on and trust and talk to. That's why celebrity things leak all the time because they don't have those support systems that are that airtight. Right. So no, you can't right. teach that shit. You can't teach that shit. No, you cannot. Which is what we always say that. I mean, that's our biggest thing with the Kardashians. They have the same friends for how so many years. I mean, from high school, from pre-high school, which is another reason that the whole Jordan thing, not to get into it, but was so extra devastating, you know, because of the foundation. Yeah. Just, but here's yeah. the thing. Let me ask you this question. Look, I know a baby is a blessing. Let's first and foremost say that. Amen. Baby's a blessing. It always comes 100%. You know, at the right time, yada, 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 the whole nine yards. I can go for these. <laughs> so my whole thing is they split up. She was doing her damn thing, living her best Kendall Jenner life, dating around, having fun, being you know a model at 25, dating Tyler Cameron in August of 2019, then broke up with 
Tyler Cameron after her grandmother's funeral in October. And then she and Zane were reportedly hanging out in November. And you got pregnant, which seems to be in December or January. It just, to me, seems like if you went back and forth with someone like that for so many years, and all of a sudden you get back together and then this happens and you're pregnant and like you're moving along with this, which more power to everybody. I just worry that they didn't figure out their real issues as a couple. And sometimes bringing that into, bringing a child into that can exasperate those issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's, yeah, it's, of course. It's all fun and games right now because like you're in Pennsylvania, you're alone. You're like living your best codependent life, which he has said in the past that he is very codependent, which could be very smothering for somebody. What happens after the baby comes, the world's back to normal. And then you're back in New York city and you're dealing with the same issues that you put on the back burner for nine months. Oh, I know. Justin, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think it is I think it is going to be very interesting because I really do think that they're in love, clearly. Like you don't just keep going back to someone without there being a strong connection there. But I just think that there's no way that this, you know, that they were trying for this, obviously, right? Like you said, it's totally a blessing, absolutely. But I, it, of course it complicates things. Oh, it, it always yeah, does. Of course. You but know? also when you think about it, like if you look at Kylie and Travis, like whether they're together or not right now, we're not sure. But like, they worked on a very tim- similar time frame as Gigi and and Zayn did in terms of like actually getting pregnant without having like two years of a history together. You know what yes. I mean? So it's like you can't like if they can make it work and they can figure that out. I feel like Jane, Zayn and Gigi having some sort of a background together is going to help them. Whether they stay together in the long run or whatever, I think that in the time being, thank God they have that back that history together. But let's be real. Let's let's be all the way real and put it all out on the table. Yes, Kylie and Travis have made it work as co-parents in this situation, but they didn't make it as a couple. A lot of times when you are thrust into this life and you have a one-year-old and then all the fun and games are done and you're breastfeeding and he's on tour and you're doing this and, you know, he hadn't, he hadn't figured out how to be a father yet. You haven't figured out, like, how to balance, like, your work, your, your mom life and your relationship, it takes a toll on a relationship. And it's just, it's hard. It's tough to be on this timeline. No, yeah, of course. It is tough. It is tough. I, I don't know. Maybe I sound naive, but I swear to you, Gigi was the last person I expected. I don't know why. I just did not see it. I thought she was way more on the Kendall time frame of things. Like I thought this was something that would not happen for at least three more years. And I was well, way I more clearly. I don't know if Gigi necessarily expected it either. I, I guess. I, I don't think so either. <laughs> I did not think so either. I wouldn't be surprised to say that he was super jacked up about it because you know he's always loved her he's never moved on from her he never publicly dated anybody after they broke up you know he was going through his issues dealing with the breakup I wouldn't be surprised if he was super jacked about this and she was the one who was like oh my god my career what about this what about my youth what about x y and z and it you know money does help whenever you're a young mom Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, you know? So she's yeah. going to come back stronger than ever. She, people are going to want to know about that baby. They're going to want to know about her. They're going to want to see her going to castings with that cute ass baby on her hip. 
I think it's all going to work for her, but she must have been thinking, holy hell, what am I going to do now? All, all I, what would you do for the audio of the conversation when she found out? I would do like uh-uh. six shit just to uh-uh. hear that conversation of how that I, went down. I want to be a fly on the wall when she had to call Yolanda, who t- once oh. told her to eat three almonds when she was hungry. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you oh, have I a, know. right away, when you have a stage run like that, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, I'm saying in a way where your mother is involved in your career and wants you to succeed and knows what it takes to be a top model because she was once a paramour to become a top model. When you have a mother like that, that's like part of your business model. It's a double-edged sword. Me telling my mm-hmm. manager, hey, I'm pregnant and I'm going to be out of commission for for nine months, maybe even a year is one thing. But telling your mother and your manager who is all about your well-being and also about your money, it would be hard. Oh, a whole oh yeah. Yeah, well, oh, I think yeah. also the beauty of Gigi is that her name is so recognizable that even if she can't, let's say, model for a year or until she's ready, there's so many brand deals and endorsements, and especially a baby. Like, I, if I'm Yolanda and I'm, and there's a baby with Zane's jeans and Gigi's jeans, all I'm thinking is great. I have a next generation now in the bag already. But it's so crazy because back in the cut, years and years and years ago, I used to help this stylist who used to dress the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And Mm. back in the day, Heidi Klum would have a baby and then show up to the Victoria's Secret fashion show, basically with an umbilical card still hanging out of her hoo-ha, okay? (laughs) Like, she would have a baby and then 90 days later, show up and do this fashion show, which is about sex and lingerie and selling this fantasy I think models today, there's no lag time because being a mother is not scary to brands or to um, to big faces. You're not done once you become a mother. That was the 90s in the early 2000s. Now yeah. people celebrate it. Miranda Kerr, one of the biggest models. Heidi Klum, still flourishing. Cindy Crawford, two kids. Like We still are seeing those moments happen. Yeah, totally. No, I think it's so true that the motherhood thing is, is very empowering now. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, so after, what's interesting here is that Yolanda was the first person to confirm it. She told this Dutch um, TV show, quote, still shocked our little secret got leaked to the press. Of course, we're so excited. I'm excited to be Oma in September, especially after I lost my mom so recently. But this is the beauty of life. One soul leaves us and a new one comes in. We feel very blessed. And then... Gigi went on Jimmy Fallon. She confirmed it. And she said, you know, obviously we wish we could have announced it on our own terms, but we're very excited and happy and grateful for everyone's well wishes. I have to ask you all your, your gut feeling. I know none of us have the actual knowledge, but what is your gut feeling as to how the father leaked it? What? The father leaked it. You think? I know. You know what I think it is? I think Bella got excited, told a friend who told TMZ. Wow. Yeah, I think that, I think they just told too much. Like the way celebrity news works is the same way coronavirus works. Like it's one person, then all of a sudden it's everybody. Yes. (laughs) And by the way, a story like that is worth $100,000. Oh yeah. Easy. Easy. Someone sold that out. And I think, again, they're so young at 25 and 23, you're just excited. Like you're excited for your sister to be pregnant and to tell people you're going to be an aunt. You're again, didn't go to the Chris Jenner 
school of celebrity and principles and you're not keeping, mm-hmm. you know, that secret for 10 months. I just can't believe that the parents are talking to, you know, these random publications. I have to trust that they got some sort of permission, obviously, you know, from, from Gigi to, to be able to do that. But yes, I was, it, that was a little bizarre to me also that she wasn't the first one to speak on it. You know, That's you would think that her parents would happen first. That's how it always is. It always is someone in the camp speaking on something that then forces the celebrity to say, I wasn't going to tell you guys this until I had the baby, but the cat's out the bag. Here you go. Right. Totally. She was going to pull a Kylie Jenner. Right. There's no better time to like, we're literally, that's why I can't even like when people are announcing their pregnancies during this time and it's like really early on, I'm like, you know what? Give it a minute. There's no one seeing you. You don't need to announce it. It's not like there's a paparazzi photo that's going to leak. No, yeah. so I'm sure cousin. if I'm Gigi, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it as long as I could have in quarantine. Yeah, but there's a cousin, there's a sister, there is a friend who right. can't keep their mouth shut. That's the problem. And imagine what would have happened. Imagine the Vogue covers flying off the shelves with Zane, Gigi, and that baby, Little ZZ, on the t- on the cover of Vogue, announcing. By the way, I had a secret baby. People would have erupted. I actually think ZZ would be an amazing name for that baby. ZZ! I think that would be amazing. Oh my God, could you imagine that cover? Now that's all I can think about. Mm-hmm. Listen, what really sold me was the whole was the whole emoji over the this welcome little one bag. Oh when yeah. But I, I saw that I was like, you know what? I fucking love the internet. Thank you guys for being the detectives that I needed. You know? The internet is undefeated. Undefeated. Um, anyway, this is a huge one. We are equally as amped as you guys are. We'll obviously update you as we know more, but there's really not much to know. All I'm telling you is Gigi Hadid is going to be a, a mom in a couple months, and holy shit. Holy shit. Crazy. Um, yeah, I know I'm going a little bit out of order, but I just am feeling antsy, and I need to talk about Kristen and Jay next. No, okay? no, no, we can't, we can't. We can't talk about <laughs> it next. We need a, a mental break on something softer, <laughs> and then we're going to roll into Kristen and Jay. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. okay. Bring, bring up the Anderson Cooper caption. Okay, I, need put, so, I need to pull out my Vaseline on Kristen and Jay. <laughs> okay, so on Thursday, Anderson Cooper announced that he became a father on Monday, April 27th. I don't know. I have to tell you guys, this one to me hit equally as hard, if not harder than Andy Cohen. I was hysterically crying watching CNN, listening to this man announce the birth of his son with such pride and such grace. And I could sense, you know, as he was talking, how badly he wished that his mom and his dad and his brother were here to see this. But the fact that he was sharing it with us in that way, I could not be happier for him. Seriously. I am stoked for Anderson Goober. There's just one thing I always wonder about these things. Um, And, the, and again, I'm, I'm, I might be a single dad. I know I've made that decision that at some point I may get to a point where I'm not in a relationship and I may be a single dad. But right. the first thing that struck me when I heard that Anderson Cooper had a baby was I always like I wondered, like, if you and Andy Cohen, you know, are like brothers, which they are. And you know that you wanted to bring a baby into this life and Andy wanted to bring a baby into this life. I always... Like, I wondered why they just didn't go through the process together and raise 
a kid or two as siblings and as best friends and have like this modern family. That's I so thought about that too. When you, when you say that though, do you mean like romantically them together no. or just like, no, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just like, like, you know, if a woman doesn't have a child at a certain age, she always goes to her gay friend and say, you wanted children and I wanted children and we never had it. Let's just raise two children together and give them like a loving home. And, you know, let's just be best friends who raise kids. And I'm like, wow, you guys really could have done this together and really created something not only beautiful, but inspiring at the same time. And not that being a single dad is not inspiring because I'm inspired to do it myself. I just thought with the relationship that they would have had, they would have just made these two brothers. Right. You know, I thought about that too. And I thought about them like raising their individual kids as brothers also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're like brothers. It wouldn't be odd, you know, for them to be like, we're your dads and we were best friends. And we just decided at 50 and 52 that we were going to do this and give you guys like this blessing. It would be a total blessing. And they would have kind of sort of changed the landscape of gay parents. Yeah. I mean, I think in a lot of ways... I think in a lot of ways they already have, like in the sense of, you know, Andy being such an activist for surrogacy in, in New York City and how, you know, on literally April, just a couple of months ago, that New York finally overturned the ban on paid surrogacy. And that was something that he really advocated for. And when Anderson was saying in his in his speech on CNN, like, you know, I think others that have paved the way for me, I think that that was a direct nod to Andy because I think maybe part of it was like, he needed to watch someone else go through it, someone else that he was so close to, to get the maybe the confidence to be able to do it. I don't know exactly what it was, but I bet there was an aspect of it that was comforting watching Andy go through it. You know, oh, 100, 100. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just, I just think he's, I really think Anderson Cooper is like, to me, he's like a Chris Cuomo, the type of, he's in your house every night, you trust him, he's a good guy. And Anderson, if you are listening, we are over the fucking moon for you. I would do some dirty things to Anderson Cohen, Anderson Cohen, Anderson Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) I would do some nasty things while running my hands through that milky white hair of his. Okay, I can see it. I can see it. Listening, Anderson, when that baby turns one and he's sleeping eight hours a night, and you don't want to sleep eight hours a night, you hit me up at the ladies' center, and we can make this happen. (laughs) (laughs) That that would be my dream. I love that. I'm like, yeah. no, no, I'm ready to be a stepdaddy, okay? <laughs> the best. Could you imagine if Justin was your stepdad? What a life. I know, it would be the best. All, all I can picture now is like a sitcom where Andy and Anderson raise their kids together and Justin just happens to come in and be the stepfather. <laughs> oh, and cause a riff. And always cause yeah. a riff. Oh, like, and you're always getting in trouble. We're always <laughs> literally getting in trouble. And then I like force Anderson to move out, like to pick a side and move out. And he stays with Andy. And then I'm just like the disgruntled ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, I see it. I see it. Oh. I see it. But, the, but the kid still keeps asking for you. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Academy is a new scripted podcast that follows Ava Richards, played by Mahalala of Leave the World Behind and HBO's Industry. 
a brilliant scholarship student who has to quickly adapt to her newfound eat-or-be-eaten world. Ava's ambitions take hold, and her small-town values break, in hopes of becoming the first scholarship student to make the list. Bishop Gray's all-coveted academic top 10 curated by the headmaster himself. But after realizing she has no chance at the list on her own, she reluctantly accepts an invitation to a secret underground society that pulls the strings on campus life and academic success. If she bends to their will, she'll have everything she's ever dreamed of. But at what cost? Academy takes you into the world of a cutthroat private school where money, power, and sex collide in a game of life and death. Follow Academy on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Academy early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, does everybody feel like their palate has been cleansed in order to move on to Kristen and Jay? Girl, my third coffee. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler have filed for divorce. And this one, listen, I know in the scheme of things that she is not the most famous person. I get it. But for some reason, this one rocked me to my motherfucking core. Anybody else? Yeah. No. Well, it what? didn't rock me the divorce. It just rocked me how messy it's been getting. That's not what I'm me. saying. Oh. Well, oh, wow. Say, say, say more. <laughs> Keep on going. I'm going to break it. When y'all break it down, I'm going to tell y'all where I was not surprised. Okay. Okay. So they announced their divorce last Sunday via Instagram. They did the whole synchronized post thing. So they post, um, with great, na- with great sadness after 10 years together, we've come to a loving conclusion to get a divorce. That's we where it got me. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it got me. The first sentence, let me know that this was not going to be calm. Have you ever read a book that was like, one night, 20 years ago, shit hit the fan. That's what that sounds like right here because most white people, celebrities who are getting a divorce, always says it's with great sadness that we have decided to part ways, separate, go different paths. That's what normal people who are not angry or frustrated say. Right. Can you, re- can you read that first sentence for me one more time? Yes. Okay. Now with, okay. Reading the sentence again with that in the top of our minds with great sadness after 10 years together, we have come to a loving conclusion to get a divorce. You're right. It's with great sadness that I have to announce that shit is about to get real between the two of us. (laughs) That's what that first sentence says. Okay. Oh yeah. I always keep going. Okay. We have nothing but love and respect for one another and are deeply grateful for the years shared, memories made, and the children we are so proud of. This is just a situation of two people growing apart. We ask everyone to respect our privacy as we navigate this difficult time within our family. Woo! Difficult time in our family. You know what else? You know what the second sentence says? It's time for me to lie and say that we are going our separate ways peacefully and amicably because the lie detector determined that too was a lie. Well, clearly, I mean, within within hours or within a day of this being released, we just we see just how fucking messy this is getting, yeah. you know? Before we talk about the messiness, let me first point out that, and I hope Kristen Cavallari hears this, 10 years being married is a success. If oh. I go through my life and I was married for 10 years, I will look at that as a success. If you have a business and you stay open 10 years, you are a success. Restaurant, 
a success. And I don't think marriages are any different because you have to work to make them to make them work. You have to build something. You got to nurture it. You got to run it like a business. 10 years in a marriage is indeed a success. First of all, yes. yes. Second of all, let's just point out the fact that they have three kids, the oldest being seven, beautiful children that they're, you know, both, I think, very loving parents do. And also, before we get into it, because it gets messy, I think we can all like collectively say that no matter no matter what the circumstances are, divorce isn't easy regardless. So like, obviously, we feel for her during this time because it's not easy. No matter what happened, it sucks. You know what I mean? The reality of it sucks and to go through it publicly. So don't think that we're not being sensitive to that. We just got to get into it because it's, it's just it's just good shit. 100%. And, and I will point this out. Quarantine is a bitch because it will yeah. highlight every single thing that you hate about your man or your woman and put it right in your face. And mm-hmm. when you first started dating this man, he was you know, dedicated to football. He was at the field eight hours a day in practice at meetings, doing whatever he had to do. You could be a bad bitch and an independent woman run uncommon James without him, you know, being in your ear like a buzzer or like a fly, like a lot of people that I'm seeing in, in Beverly Hills. Now that they're together for 24 hours a day, stuck in this moment, you now are looking at your man being like, I really need you to go back to those 10 hours a day. Because mm-hmm. totally. I can't put up with you right now. And you probably don't know this side of me because we have presented each other. We've, we've cohabitated, co-parented, and been married under the guise that we understand one another and we have our, our equal spaces. But now that you're retired, now that we're in quarantine, and now that I have these two gays in my ear buzzing like flies, giving me all the empowerment that I need, it's about to get real. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not and to also take all of that and add the scandal of being in the Bahamas. Ooh! Yeah. Stuck with your man oh. on an island, bitch. I am not trying to be on Survivor. <laughs> For three weeks? No. No, no. no for that. No, and to me, that's the craziest part because she listed her day of separation as the day they got back from the Bahamas. So but, the Bahamas must have hit. Yeah. Well, well, there's so many things here. First of all, she listed it as April 7th, which is the day, the day that they returned. He lists their date of separation as April 21st, which is the day that he filed for divorce. So I want to take one second to get into the specifics, which I'll touch on first. And then Julie, I want you to explain the whole Tennessee fault state thing. But basically- About a week after it's announced, Us Weekly reports that in court documents they'd obtained, Kristen cited, quote, inappropriate marital conduct and, quote, irreconcilable differences as the reason for the divorce. So then in the paperwork that was filed on April 24th, she claimed that Jay, quote, is guilty of such inappropriate marital conduct as renders further cohabitation unsafe and improper. And she denied that he has, quote, always been the available at-home parent and primary caretaker. So like... Okay, shots fired, right? Like, we're not um, fucking around. Shots fired, but also this let me know that, again, this was not amicable, but also she was making a play to have sole physical custody of the children and let him yes. have visitation. Because if you're setting this up like he is not the parent, he is not always there, that lets me know that you're not doing this Gwyneth Paltrow, Chris Martin thing where we're going to get 50-50 and they're going to be at your house one night and they're going to be at my house for two nights and then go back to your house you're not playing that game. You're setting the stage to A, have your children full time, 
or be maybe bring them back to Los Angeles because that's where you know a lot of your business is happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Totally. Julie, take take us into the whole just for one second for people who don't know the whole Tennessee thing. So basically. I don't think it's a huge part of this, in my opinion, but part of the understanding of what they've put on their divorce filings and what the reasoning is has to do with the fact that Tennessee is a fault state, which means that like in most states, when you file for divorce, it's enough to just file. Like if if two people have signed the divorce papers, you're filing for divorce. That's enough. They don't need a reason. In Tennessee, it's a fault state, which means there has to be some sort of fault put on in order for the divorce proceedings to continue. So in Tennessee, like people are very familiar, obviously, with irreconcilable differences. That's like the the main that is the main bitch of divorce. Okay. Yes. Like no one is tops irreconcilable differences. But this family lawyer from Nashville was also saying that like in Tennessee, they have 15 different grounds for divorce. And in Tennessee, marital misconduct is pretty much as common as irreconcilable differences. So like it's they're like the two bottoms of divorce filings, like they're the two most um, harmless when you're going forward. But marital misconduct is still a step above irreconcilable differences. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? Listen, I've known Laura Wasser for a, a minute now, and we're talking about one of the biggest diso queens in the world. Has worked on Mel Gibson's, you know, um, everyone. Divorce, yeah. Has worked on Brad and Angie's and. If we're talking about two people who are going through this amicably and who decided to part ways, you know, in the most peaceful way possible, there wouldn't have been room for a divorce. They would have said, we already got divorced. We already mediated this. Here are the papers. And boom, bing, bang, we're out. Because a lot of divorces, maybe not Brad and Angelina's, already are figured out before they filed the papers. And yeah. obviously, with you saying yours was on April 7th, and you're saying that the, the date of separation was on April 21st, that let me know right here, y'all two not on the same goddamn page. No. From what I'm totally. from what I, Yeah, from what I'm experiencing, they quite literally could not be on less of the same page. From what from what we know, obviously. Which is just peripheral. Um, a lot of people were asking us about their living arrangements. So apparently they split three days on, three days off at the house. Um, and apparently, you know. We saw this on her show, but they have another house in Bancroft, which Kristen sometimes stays at, but apparently she doesn't feel safe there because there's not phone or internet. It's not fully set up. They've been trying to sell it. I don't really know the deal there. Um, but, you know, what Like what a time to get this happening during quarantine. Your options are so limited in terms of where you can go, you know? But that's why I'm so bummed that they decided to do this during quarantine and not wait a minute because, you know... And I don't, I, I don't care. I always say this, even about Meghan Markle. If you're not happy in a situation, you shouldn't have to stay in it. And sometimes staying in a situation because of the kids, like a lot of people do, makes it worse for the children. Mm-hmm. Because then they have to be around that tension. I just wish they would have took a step back, said, yo, we are in a quarantine. This is unprecedented times. We are getting on each other's nerves. And maybe... We need to like figure this out when we're not under stress, this amount of stress, because I think they're those white people and I might sound crazy, but y'all are going to be like, oh, you told us this four years ago. I wouldn't be surprised if they got divorced, got back together and got married again. (laughs) Listen, stranger things have happened, but, but I have a question. Hold on. Before we get into the stuff with, with Kelly, like, I know I can't, I cannot wait. I know. 
the reason my thing, because I agree with you, right? Like at first glance, my whole thing is, you know, it seems a little bizarre. One from just because it seems like it makes their life more difficult, but also the news cycle is so slow right now. So all the attention is on them. It kind of, I don't understand it, but the fact that Kristen made hers, um, you know, the date, literally the day that they got back makes me think, what happened? Like, was it something that was so, you know, unbelievably um, out of nowhere, or not out of nowhere, but something so bad that she just couldn't deal with it anymore kind of thing? You know? That's like, what when, I think. Right. I think, first of all, when I was shocked about the divorce announcement, the reason that I was shocked is because of the fact that so soon after we're seeing them together, and I think I said this last week, but so soon after we'd seen them together in the Bahamas, they're going to announce their divorce. Like it's, especially in a time where we're in quarantine, where they could have quietly separated, where they could have even, you know, rumors of their separation could have gone out and they didn't have to speak on it, but to go straight to divorce. Like that's why I was so shocked because that is such a quick decision. And the fact that her date is listed as the day they got back from the Bahamas and it's, you know, it's escalated to a point where she's saying marital misconduct that she can't be in the house with them. Like something had to have happened. That's not just like we got into a fight or we can't stand each other. Like your little quirks are starting to come out that annoy me. Like there had to have been some sort of tipping point that made it so that she literally couldn't stand being around him one more second. Well, it's, I mean, listen, we know the history behind the two of them. Like look back on when they first got engaged, you know, Right. You know, she yeah. said that she called off the engagement and said that she couldn't do this because he wasn't letting her live her life. And this, you know, housewife in Nashville is not who she wanted to be. Then his people responded and said that he called off the engagement because she still wanted her L.A. life and she still wanted to party. And keep in mind, her engagement got canceled two days after she had a spread in a magazine in wedding dresses. And it was a big to do. So you're yeah. talking about two people who are not afraid to speak their minds. You're talking about two very headstrong, independent individuals where Kristen Cavallari was that bitch and wasn't afraid to be that bitch. And Jay Cutler was always that dude because he was the quarterback of his, of his high school football team. Then everyone kissed his ass in college. Then he went on to make $120 million in the NFL. He's probably seeing all of his friends with their wives and they're just like these... Susie Homemaker girls who curl their hair and make banana bread and raise four kids and walk around. You know what I mean? Like he is not, right. he, he, he didn't realize that he was with a savage. Yeah. I think that's a very good, I think that's a very good point. It was almost like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and she's just not that person. There's nothing wrong with being that person, but it's just not her. That's you know what I mean? She, she's very ambitious in her, in her career. No. And so if you she, watch the show, that's constantly an issue though. I feel like that is constantly the theme of like her wanting to do things and him being like, I don't want you to. But mm -hmm. that's part of why he loved her in the first place because she wasn't that person. But sometimes when you can't fit that square peg in that round hole, at some point you get tired of trying to push it in there for 10 years. At some point there's going to be a breaking point. And she, on the other hand, on, on her side, She's probably getting tired of being pushed that hard to be that person. And she's like, you know what? While we're in this moment, while our kids are young enough, I'm going to go ahead and remove myself from, from this situation because I can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people yeah. can't. A lot of people stay because their man runs the money. They sign airtight prenups. Uncommon James is doing bomb. 
Kristen Cavallari is still going to have a show on E! with probably bigger ratings because she's single now. And she got two new gay sidekicks who live in Nashville down the street from her house and who's ready to film at all times. She's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. He's yeah, going to yeah. be a mess because we already know she's going to get drunk on that show and she's going to tell us every little detail that we need to know. Well, we always talk about that. Listen, Kristen Cavallari, although she is a class act, she got her roots on reality television and there's just some inherent messiness that is bound to come out at some point in terms of her explaining it to us because it's the Laguna Beach roots, you know? They just, they don't know. And it's not a, there's a messiness to it, but there's also a transparency. Like she exactly. understands that people are going to meddle in her life and want to know every detail. So I think at some point she's going to want to tell her story and not let other people control the narrative. Well, especially not let him control the narrative. Well, he's not going to be able to control the narrative because when it comes to reach and when it comes to, to being connected in outlets and publications, Jay Cutler was, you know, an okay football player who retired. Once you retire, nobody wants to talk. Nobody really cares about you. She's still active in the game. Totally. She still has the publicist. She still has the TV show. It's not called Very Cutler. It's called Very Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I mean, listen, we have to get into this Kelly part because it's, it's I think, very important to the story. First of all, Kelly Henderson is Kristen's former best friend of eight years. And last year, during the filming of season two of Barry Cavallari, there was a lot of kind of talks on social media that Kelly and Jay were having an affair. And Kristen and Kelly's friendship ended, but it apparently was not because Kristen thought that the rumors were true. It was more so she didn't like the way that Kelly was going about it. So mm. just to yeah, just to exemplify that, here's a quote. Not for one second have I ever thought that it was true. It wasn't the actual accusations of them having an affair that made me upset. It was how Kelly went about it. Um, she said, I kept trying to reach out to her and talk to her about it and tell her how I was feeling. And instead of her just owning her side and being like, I'm sorry, oh my God, that was never my intention or whatever. She kept giving me pushback and would get really defensive. And then she literally just stopped responding to me. That to me is such a slap in the face. You don't care? Good to know. Reality TV totally messes up friendships. And I know that. That's why I was nervous going into it. But I thought Kelly was the last person who had become affected. I've completely lost my friend. Whew. Mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> uh, mm. First of all, yeah. when you're a reality TV star or any celebrity, you will attract those people who get that first little glimmer of 15 minutes on this TV show and they get addicted to it. Yeah. And, you know, like that's the first, that's that's game number one. Your friends that you attract, they're either celebrities or they're kind of like sycophants. They want to be one step close to celebrity to bask in that light. And I don't think they know they're sycophants until you put a camera in their face and they're ready to turn up on camera. That's my first sign. Whenever you're quiet and you're chill and you just want to be my friend, and in the minute I'm like, oh, I have a reality show, and you're like the first one saying, oh, I can't wait to be on camera. I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. That's the first thing. Like That's sign number one, red flag number one. So you can't be surprised. The yeah, other thing right. is, what I feel bad about is Kristen Cavallari has been a celebrity since she was 17 years old. So yeah. right, the way you know how to handle things is completely different from somebody who just got this type of fame two years ago 
and who's in this spotlight. So you can't expect her to handle things the way you think are appropriate because you had over 10 years to learn and, and have mistakes and make mistakes with you and Lauren Conrad and all these things and Hills, Laguna Beach, and every single step of the way you learned something. She hadn't had that kind of, that kind of background. No, it's true. I mean, she was just thrown into this kind of whirlwind and you really see it. It really shows people true, true, people's true colors when they're in these situations. And, you know, so, okay. So it's one thing for her to not really deny it for her to, you know, maybe, I don't know. Fan the flame a little bit. Right, exactly. But now she really fucking adds fuel to the fire. On Friday, Kelly posts a picture on Instagram. It was a picture of her and her arm, uh, her arm and another man's arm with the caption, much needed happy hour, happy Friday, y'all. And in the picture, they're both wearing these matching beaded bracelets, which there was a post from April of last year on Jay's Instagram. Mm. It's called, yeah, exactly. Where he had on a similar, not the same, but a similar bracelet. So people, a lot of people felt it wasn't that it was necessarily Jay's arm in the picture, but it was, she knew exactly what she was doing, exactly what she was doing. And even if she didn't know, even if she didn't know, after people started commenting, Jay Cutler, you snake, how dare you? I can't believe you. I would have taken the photo down. Right. Or at least responded to one comment and been like, this is ridiculous. Obviously, that's not him. There was no response, nothing. And it's so interesting also is because one of the things that you know, Kristen was talking about in her response to Kelly about why she was so upset with the way she handled it is because of how messy Kelly was on social media and how she was kind of adding fuel to the fire on social media. And that's what Kristen didn't like. So she knew exactly what she was doing here. This is like her MO at this point. 100%. But what does she have to lose? If she was doing this when she was your friend, do you expect her to not do this whenever she has been, you know, exposed the light has been brought upon her in, in every episode of Very Cavallari that's going to rerun for the next 10 years. Like, this girl has nothing to lose. She's thirsty and she's out for blood because she felt like Kristen did X, Y, and Z to her, which, again, I agree with Kristen on this. I think she didn't handle it well. But what you have to do when you're a celebrity is when somebody shows you how far and they're willing for them to go, how far they're willing to go, you keep those people close. You keep your friends close and you keep your thirsty enemies closer. You should have never right. cut that girl out of your life because you knew that she was a loose cannon. Keep I, her on a leash. I so can agree. A, can a bitch get but, an amen? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I also think that it, I'm not saying it's a huge deal, but I think that it's worth noting that this post was on Kelly's Instagram account. That's Velvet's Edge, which if you go, if you search Kelly Henderson, it comes up Velvet's Edge, which is the name of her clothing line. So I also think this is a little bit of a brand move in the sense that like, like her or hater, her page is getting way more attention now than ever, obviously, because people are so curious. And I'm sure her sales are going up as a result of it. So I think there was a little bit of strategy to this also, which is just, I mean, obviously repulsive, but just to call a spade a spade, you know? Amen. But again, yeah. like, it's fair game. If I, you know, was on a reality show and then got off a of said reality show and people were continuously still commenting or talking about, and rightfully so, she had the right to talk about her in this reality show, because it's her show, it's her life, it's her story. But if that was my case, I would play that game too. Like, if I'm going to be the villain, let me just get right into it. Let me be, let me Kanye it out. If y'all going to say, right. after I ran on this stage, 
and I was the villain for doing what I did to Taylor Swift while I was drunk, I am now going to play that game and profit from it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Also, my question is, though, do you guys think that there was an affair in the first place? No. I don't think there was an affair. Maybe some flirting, maybe like uncomfortable like DM, but I don't think that Kristen Cavallari is the type of woman to stay with a man after he's cheated so close to home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the only thought I had there was, I, and I so agree, but my only thought was like if it, the truth came out afterwards and that's what this is stemming from. No, because she wouldn't want to be that type of person who like, A, she seems like the type of person who could break into a cell phone from oh, a whole yeah. other state away. Like when you, be, back in the day when you could like break into somebody's voicemail and listen to their voicemails, or you can break into somebody's account on T-Mobile and look at all their text messages. She looks like the bitch who wrote the book on cracking that code. So if anything was going on in her house with her best friend, she would have cracked that code a long time ago. The second thing is Kristen Cavallari is transparent. She wouldn't be able to hold that on her chest. She would have made that girl's life miserable. Yeah, that's true. The third thing is she wouldn't want all of a sudden, you're going to go through your whole life being this bad bitch. Kristen Cavallari is a true savage. She wouldn't stick around with somebody knowing that he did that while she was in the house. Right. Yeah, right. I think that's true. I mean, listen, there's, I would be lying if I said there's not a small portion of my brain that's like when there's smoke, there's fire, but the larger portion of it completely agrees with you. I mean, look, you know? if there was another hoe, I could potentially be like, you know, we can work this out. I'm going to have to figure this out. I'm going to need you to sign over 20 more percent to me in my prenup if I'm going to stay X, Y, and right. Z. But right. if it was a friend of mine, that's what made the Jordan Woods of it all so hard. Hate to go back there. But it was because it was so close to the inner circle that it felt so fucked up and unforgivable. I think Kristen Cavallari is actually stronger than Khloe Kardashian in that sense. And she would have left a long time ago. She would have been like, guess what? I found out at 4.05 that you have been fucking my friend by 6.30, motherfucker. All your shit's on that front yard. Go get a pod, mm-hmm. find a U-Haul and get it out of totally. here. That's the kind of person she is. Totally. I agree with that. A totally. I so agree. Uh, I mean. So the bottom line is that this is a developing story, obviously. I think that we've been gotten a lot more information than I expected, and we will stay on this like white on fucking rights because I am invested to my core. Um, and God, I'm just, yeah. she better send Gigi Hadid an edible arrangement because she took some of the slack off her ass. Oh my God. It's like the fucking, uh, Julie, who was it when that happened with Vanessa Hutchins and then Evangeline Lilly really just took the spotlight right away? Oh my right? God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Vanessa Hudgens, I said it once, I'll say it again. Vanessa Hudgens should be sending Evangeline Lilly roses every single week, a flower arrangement, chocolates, edible arrangement, baked by Melissa every single week until the day that both of them die. Not the baked by (laughs) Melissa. Not the baked by Melissa. Y'all, not the mini baked by Melissa. Um, <laughs> next thing, two things that we wanted to touch on quick. Um, Julie, take us into Felicity Hoffman's daughter. Just give a quick overview. Oh, I, I actually think this is one of the craziest things ever. Felicity Huffman's daughter, Sophia, 
was posted on her Instagram, changed her bio to say CMU Drama 24, which is the Carnegie Mellon Drama Program, which is one of the hardest drama programs to get into in the country. It's the number two ranked program. Um, And she had retaken her SATs after the scandal. Obviously, what happened was that was the daughter who Felicity Huffman had paid to have her SAT scores changed. And... You know, Felicity Huffman obviously served 11 days of 14-day sentence for it in, in September 2019. Her daughter took a gap year, retook the SATs, and then got into one of the hardest schools to get into in the country. Yeah, I and know. That's a, and that, you know what? That's a fuck you to my mother. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like, that's that a, hey, is... Bitch. Hey, bitch, yep. you thought I couldn't cut it? Here you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, this was, this was wild. Fucking... And then it's it's an exact contrast to the whole Olivia Jade situation, you know? But it's so crazy because, like, if you really think about it, no one even remembers that Felicity Huffman was a part of this. The thing with Felicity Huffman is that no one remembers her is because she handled it a really shitty and a really hard situation to get yourself out of. She handled it as best as you possibly could. Like, when this first broke, I think people thought, like, there's no way anyone's getting out of this unscathed. And Felicity Huffman owned her shit, apologized, figured out, served her time, and came out looking like, wow, you really took a really shitty situation, a situation we thought you wouldn't get out of, and really came out okay. But Lori Laughlin took the exact opposite approach, and that's why all of the attention switched onto her. Yeah. Oh, 100%. If Felicity Huffman was in this situation... Oh, sorry, you go. Oh, no, go, go, because you're, you're making all the I was just going to say, I was going to say, I think that if Felicity Huffman was in this situation without a Lori Laughlin, like, let's say there were 50 other, you know, defendants named, but we didn't know any of them. There was no other famous person. It was just Felicity Huffman. This situation would not have looked so kindly on Felicity Huffman. She would have not come out as relatively unscathed as she did. But because that Lori Laughlin was there, Felicity Huffman looks like a little fly on the wall in compared to this entire thing. I oh, mean, one hundred and twenty-five percent. But if Felicity Huffman was smart, and this is where she's going to fuck up, because I already know how people think, this is all going to die until Lifetime, until Netflix, until Warner Brothers makes that biopic. And if I was Felicity Huffman, I would say, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. I would produce those movies to make sure my full story was out because we know her daughter had that learning disability. We know that she had struggled with that whole situation the whole time on top of the pressure of being the perfect mom in this Hollywood kind of sort of way, the same way Lynette Schiavo on Desperate Housewives wanted to be seen as that perfect mom. If she just produces and tells the full story and doesn't leave it to other people, I think Felicity Huffman would get out of this unscathed and promote the movie and be in in interviews and sit with Robin Roberts and lie to her like Jussie Smollett did. Do the whole nine yards. I so agree. I so agree. I would be, I, I mean, that would be incredible if that happened. And I also have to say, if we're speaking of edible arrangements, Felicity needs to be sending Lori one weekly because the contrast is what made her look so good thus far. Like you guys said. So I would absolutely. pay for half her legal fees. I'd be like, you know what, bitch? I have some, saved some money from my own legal situation. Here's 250 G's that's going to cover your month's worth and you take it mm-hmm. and run. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, next thing we just had to acknowledge, this Beyonce and Megan The Stallion remix to Savage. I just, there's nothing to say other than they fucking killed it. Killed it. There's nothing to say other than OnlyFans traffic went up by 15% because of one lyric that Beyonce dropped. Oh my God, it is power to another level, Julie. 
I know. Time is scary, though. OnlyFans is insane. Okay. No, Justin, ever since you were, I forget, like, I don't know, a month ago when you were on and you were saying the thing about Chad Johnson, I've been doing some just looking around. These people are making a fuck ton. A fuck ton. If I I've didn't have a job, it. if I didn't have a job and wasn't on TV, I'd be shaking my ass in the thong for a hundred thousand mm-hmm. for thirty thousand dollars a month. Oh forget about it. Yeah, I mean they're making a killing. It's it's really an interesting we've no, it's it's um I don't know. This is the this is the biggest rise of it we've ever seen, I think. And yeah, but, it's really a very legitimate form of income. Yeah, but it's going to do what, uh, like a lot of things, it's going to be a bust because like you're already seeing people losing their jobs and losing their careers over OnlyFans. And a lot of the OnlyFans people were the big people on TikTok. Like I see yeah, a yeah. lot of TikTok talent that like got their start on TikTok and on, and on um, what was the other one where people, Musical.ly, a lot of Musical.ly people, like teenagers who were killing it on Musical.ly have now transitioned that they're 18 and 19 into OnlyFans and are now doing softcore porn. Like, look, I don't care. I'm not going to knock anybody's hustle because my whole thing is if you're paying your, your taxes at the, end of the, at the end of the day and Uncle Sam has a W-2 on your ass and a 1099, we cool. You legal. You running this show. Same with strippers. If you declare at least 10% of that money, I'm okay with you doing what you do. Mm-hmm. But I right. just think it's getting out of hand at this point at the fact that like bad Chad is on there jerking off. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's, there's no rules anymore. It's, it's crazy. No, it's, it's, it's literally crazy. Yeah. It's fucking free for all. It's a fate. It is. Um, okay. I thought this, there's just so much in this episode. I'm, I, I'm, we're going to go a little bit over. I'm sorry, but okay. Britney Spears burning her gym down. You guys. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know those candles were those cheap Yankee candles, the vanilla ones. You know it was like that that cheap ass. Like you know what I'm talking about. The ones yeah, that yeah, come in the jars. It was one of those cheap Yankee fucking candles that she lit up in her in her room. And it's the same gym where she broke her foot. It's the same gym that she burned down. She should probably just leave that gym where it's at to a crisp. Or maybe just the house in general. I don't know. There's just a lot of weird shit going on there. I just, I got to tell you, Julie and I talk about her, I would say probably a couple, three times a week, just in terms of like feeling this overwhelming sense of compassion and concern for her. And let us all just pray because this is just, there. It's every single time a video like this comes up, I just can't help but feel what is going on here. Because this is so far from normal. You know what? Have you ever seen that movie, The Usual Suspects? No. Yeah. Oh, I haven't. Tell me. You should watch this movie called The Usual Suspects. And I almost feel like Britney is doing this Kanye West, this Paris Hilton thing, where like everyone thinks Paris Hilton is this dumb blonde and thought Paris Hilton was this dumb blonde for many years. Yet Paris Hilton has survived in the game of celebrity consistently for 20 years playing that role. Mm-hmm. I almost want to believe that part of this is Britney feeding into what she thinks people laugh about. Like she didn't realize that people, I don't think she knows the extent of how much we talk about it, but she knows that people respond to these videos and they're amping her up to do more. So what she's going to do is play into that a little bit. That's where my mind is. 
Yeah. I would love to believe that. Like, I think that it would help a lot of the fear that I have about Britney Spears and the way she is, is to believe that like, she's just amping us up a little bit, but I don't know. I think it would be like, oh, like the best case scenario is that. Mm, No. And I'm telling you right now, look, I'm going to say this and Gail as my publicist and a potential lawyer and a, and a witness in this lawsuit pipe up. If you feel like I'm going too far, just press one on your dial tone and I'll know. Um, <laughs> you know, when you live in Hollywood, you start talking to people who used to work in her camp, hairstylists, you know, publicists or like wardrobe people. And the best people to get the information from is the hairstylists because they know everything. Always. Yep. And apparently at the height of it, Brittany was, Brittany was partying and having a good old time with those background dancers, girl. And those background dancers don't care. They don't care about your mental health and your what you're taking. They don't care if you're mixing bad things with prescribed things. They just want to get down and they want to give you what you want. So the hairstylist girl used to tell me all the tea about what she was doing in those bathrooms. Okay? And <laughs> And nobody was supervising her at the time. So if Britney was out till four o'clock in the morning with X, Y, and Z, and they were doing, you know, because the gays, they come with candy. The gays want to party with some candy. And you got to be careful with the gays. You got to be careful with the gays. Because those hoes be acting like they're at Dylan's candy shop. Like they just be eating gummy bears, this and that, and this edible and that edible and this liquid and that liquid. And if you do it once, like sometimes it can have an effect on you. And the gays would tell me, honey, that they used to get turned out with Miss Spears. Mm. Not and for mm. Yeah, that, that is, let me tell you something. Not for one second does that make me surprised. You know what I mean? Like, no, not at all. Yeah. And mm. I have to say, I have to say, I am so much like more interested in the current state of Britney and what actually is going on than like what went on in 2007 because I we got so much information then I mean think about it like every single week she was on the cover of a different magazine like every single week there's like some stat that I have in an outline that's like how much money paparazzi actually made off Britney Spears in the early 2000s and the number is insane we got so much of that info that it's not really a mystery anymore. There's not like blanks that we're filling in. We kind of know what happened. We have no idea what's going on now. But I think you're just seeing it. I think the kids are starting to let it out. I think at this point, the fact that she is in a 70-30, potentially 90-10 custody split with a man who ain't got a job and who's just chilling and made the last thing he ever did was made Popo's out, some single that never went anywhere. Like, you're getting it. You're just not realizing that you're getting it. And you, I don't think anything's going on there. I think the most that's going on there are those makeshift fashion shows that she's putting on on Instagram. Okay? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot going on. But I don't think that we got the full story in 2007 and 2008. I think there were a lot of people on that team that blocked a lot of stories from coming out. And yeah, we got bits and pieces. And yeah, Sam Lufty sold her out and did her dirty. But I think a lot of people were holding those stories because they didn't know she was going to live or die. And you didn't want to be the person that sold the story about somebody that died. Even if you were a hairstylist, you didn't want your name connected with former friend sales slain star or our dead star out 
days after her death. Like, that's not what people were waiting for. People were like, we're not saying anything because we don't know if this bitch is going to live or die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, no. we don't get it. We didn't you, have all the stories. Do you think that stuff is going to come out? Like very similar to a Whitney Houston documentary where we kind of got everything and like most of our questions answered. Do you think that stuff's going to start to come out or you think it'll stay in the vault? No, I think that stuff is going to come out because what happens when someone dies is that you don't have to fight them. You have to fight their estate, but it's a little bit easier to tell your story when somebody is is dead. It's like confronting somebody. You can confront somebody when they're alive. You're not going to do it. You're going to wait till they're dead to air out the tea. And it's a lot easier. It's you right. telling your story and there's not somebody, a lawyer, there's not, you know, a, a team of publicists, a team of, of managers and PR people that are going to fight you back to keep that, that the name out of, out of their mouths. And the other thing is when you're a big celebrity like that and somebody brings you a story that's salacious or might have like, you know, things that they don't want to get out. A publication's not going to ruin their relationship with a celebrity. They're not going to run those stories because they want those, those tidbits. They want those interviews to come back around. But when a celebrity is dead and gone, that's all they're looking for. They're looking for the Whitney Houston dead crack all day, every day stories. They're looking for the Heath Ledger gossip. They're looking for all these things that they couldn't report on back in the cut because that's what the business becomes. Who has the most salacious story about this fallen star? Right. I, first of all, absolutely accurate. I agree with you totally. I just wonder the, I don't know, like the current state of Britney's defense camp in terms of at the time, I think they were able to block a lot of stuff. And I wonder the power of that now, like how that would manifest itself. You know, if these well, people were going to. I think if anything, it's more powerful now because it's under the conservatorship. Right. Yeah. That's, right. that's Jamie Spears' defense team. That's not Britney's defense team. And that right. Jamie's defense team is ironclad. 100%. Yeah. But you're also dealing with, you're not dealing with like a Machine Gun Kelly or like a Demi Lovato or like, you know, you're not dealing with like even a Selena Gomez. Like those are big stars and their secrets get leaked out. You're dealing with somebody who is one of the top selling female artists of all time that there are so many people tied into her success. So if you're doing a Vegas residency, you're not just doing a Vegas residency and it's falling on your back. There is an agency who put money into that, who's willing to protect you at all costs to get their 10% of 300 million a year. There is a publicity team that makes over 30,000 to 50,000 a month to keep that machine going because they get paid from not only the casino, but they get paid from the celebrity as well. Then you also have a management team that also gets 10% that also has their own lawyers and their own publicity people. So you're dealing with a multi-billion dollar corporation. We're not talking about a star. We're talking about Amazon. Like she Mm -hmm. is the Amazon of pop stars. Mm-hmm. Jeff no, Bezos is not letting little things leak out about Amazon. He couldn't stop that dick pic, but he is not gonna. He is not gonna <laughs> let quality control come through on this company. He is not gonna let a divorce ruin his legacy. He's gonna give his wife half and say, "You take this two hundred billion dollars and run away with it, and I'm gonna take this and go to Lauren Sanchez, and we're not gonna fight this over because Amazon would suffer." That's what people are doing in Britney's camp. Right. They are not only protecting her, they're protecting their shit. 
Let me tell you something. The analogy of Britney Spears jeff bezos is not one that i saw coming but i fucking love it come on yo come on <laughs> yeah britney I spears is has built herself not herself she has been built into amazon of pop stars even when she was going through her share oh yeah people were still going to vegas people were still paying that 375 People were still streaming those albums. People are still going to go see her on the road. And we're not even talking about a person who's coherent enough to sign a contract. Mm-hmm. That bitch has a rubber oh, stamp yeah. somewhere. And her daddy just stamps that shit. Yep. Spot on. I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine-building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatchery Store and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. So next thing we wanted to briefly touch on, and by the way, I would like to welcome Isabel uh, in a very, Isabel was going to come on anyway, but Julie's audio just decided to cut out. So Isabel's coming in clutch and we're thrilled to have you. Hello. Perfect timing. As you guys know, last week we said that going forward, we're going to take like 10 minutes every episode to kind of just recap some major Bravo moments. And of course, this week, it would be remiss for us to not talk about the most iconic Beverly Hills dinner party. And the fact that we have Justin on this episode, since he was physically there, is beshared, as they say. Let me tell you something. I have been staring at my clock since the preview from last week when I saw Justin's little face pop up and I saw that he was front and center for the action. I <laughs> am so excited to get into this. Like, it would be amazing to talk about with you anyway, but the fact that you were on, in the front, in front and center, right between the husbands and the wives, in the action, I can't wait to get into it. I have a lot of questions and also our Facebook group is like exploding with questions for you. So, Look, Let me just tell you, I was sitting in between Sutton and Teddy's husband, and across <laughs> from Denise Richards. So I couldn't, re- I was trying not to react too hard you, to Denise's husband because Denise was sitting across from me and I shot and nodding as if I'm supposed to like be sitting there normal. And then Teddy's husband was getting, I can feel the heat from his collar as I was sitting next to Sutton as I was hitting Sutton under the table and nothing was happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, let, let's just break this down. 
You get to the party. By the way, the parties at Kyle's look so lit. That bar situation is just insane. insane. That's the problem with going to Kyle's house. It's a blessing and a curse that they love to host. And that Maurice mm-hmm. is like one of the most laid back people you'll ever meet in yeah. your life. And he is like, what do you want to drink? Shots? This? That? And he will literally, like a DJ, sit behind the bar and order <laughs> drinks for everybody and make sure everyone's taken care of. On top of, it was her first day back from filming in North Carolina where she was filming Halloween. So mm-hmm. the party was, I'm ha- happy to be home. Plus, I've been missing out on all the action. On top of, Maurice is ready to party. Oh, totally. What a combination. You oh, could feel it, was, it. Fireball was flowing that night. Mm. And everyone was dressed to the nines. It was epic. It was epic. It was one of the first housewives, like full housewives regalias in Los Angeles. Everybody had been together in New York. It had been weeks since Kyle had left. So this was the first time all the ladies were getting together and recapping and rehashing everything because Kyle was gone. So everybody was like on their best behaviors until they got there and got drunk. Yes. So let's talk about it. So Lisa Rinna suggests that they play this game about their first impressions of each other around the table, whoever's next to them. Did anyone think that that was a good idea when it started? Lisa Renna thought it was a great idea. And Lisa Renna is, this is what I love about Lisa Renna. She can read a room and she is like a heat seeking missile. She can feel tension between two people before she even hits a room. Like Mm -hmm. in Mean Girls, Karen was like, there's a 62% chance it's going to rain because her boobs told her. Lisa Renna's (laughs) lips. Let her know when there are tensions between people. That's what those lips are there for. Yes. (laughs) I'm telling you. So she secretly knew, like she had, you know, she had ridden with Teddy to, um, to Sutton's event. You know, Sutton is Lisa's friend. She was, you know, peeping out these two interact. They're polar opposites. So I think Lisa Renna is just like, Let's be honest with one another for one minute. That's Lisa Rinna's superhero power. Mm-hmm. Totally. So do you, do you, were you friends with Sutton? Like you were sitting next to her. I was curious if you guys like got to talk or if you knew her, like what the vibe was. Cause she was so nervous to be, at, you could feel how nervous she was to be there. She didn't know where to sit. She didn't know what to do. And well, I feel like if I would want to be sat next to anyone, it would be you if I felt weird. You know, Sutton is a Southern girl and it's funny because when everybody sat down, Kyle's house, as elegant and as, you know, manicured as these dinners seem, it's very laid back. Like yeah. Thanksgiving is pick up a plate. You know, yes, it's Christoffel. Yes, the china is, you know, Hermes. But pick up a plate, fix yourself a plate and sit down and chill. And I think at Kyle's house, that's always the vibe. So there was no right. seating cards. No one forced anybody to sit anywhere. It was just luck of the draw that Teddy, you know, and Sutton sat next to each other. And I didn't even know that there was drama going on between the two of them. Right. Because had I known, I probably would have switched with her mm-hmm. and said, oh, you sit next to Edwin. I'll just sit next to Teddy. Like, no big deal. I had no clue. It was just fate that everybody had sat where they sat and she sat next to me. Yeah. Oh. Couldn't have, you couldn't have written that shit better. You couldn't I have do written love, that shit better. 
No. I love how you're the buffer between the husbands and the wives because you can kind of play both sides of the table and like you get the real juice straight down the middle. <laughs> oh, there was a conversation that happened before the conversation that Lisa Renner brought up. What, mm-hmm. That um, Lisa Renner brought up. And it was so juicy. I have a feeling they're saving it for an unseen footage moment. And if they mm-hmm. don't, I would be surprised because it was so juicy and so lit. People got so real because everybody was lit that I, it was, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we see more from that dinner party later on in the season. Oh, what? I love, I love oh. when they bring us back to use things as, as like proof. Yes. Oh, from, no, no. It always mom. comes back. It always comes it back. Always comes back. So always. for me, um, I felt, I felt, I felt bad for Sutton because I know how afraid she was. Like not afraid. Yeah. I think she didn't know what was coming. And, right. you know, us Southern people, we're just kind of honest sometimes. We're just brutally honest. And Lisa Renna asked her her first impression of Teddy. And she could have not said it, but we're honest. And she was saying, like, I thought you were going to be a bit boring. Like, she thought nothing was wrong. She thought first impressions were, you know, the honest thing yeah. and that she was going to just move on and say the nice thing about her. But she didn't realize that you're in Beverly Hills, honey. And nothing hurts worse than words because they will stick with you for seasons. Totally. Yeah, yeah she really like, got thrown into that with the game. It was just it was just crazy. And the fact that you got to see it firsthand was insane. But I also feel like the husbands were totally the stars of this dinner party. Like, yeah, the women were fighting, but Mauricio being lit <laughs> and high and hilarious. No. <laughs> The tweets about Mauricio, truly, I was, Emma and I were cackling. He was so high, took Denise's salmon off her plate. Like, we've all been there. Like, no, no, I ha- I'm sorry. I'll, that was my favorite moment of any household ever because it was the most relatable shit I've ever seen. I can't tell you how many times. I cannot tell you how many times I have been stoned and I'm just fucking eyeing something. I'm like, you're not going to eat that, right? And I just take it. And that's what he did. Totally. And him nodding along, pretending to know what the fuck Aaron was talking about. He was just so good. That is, that is literally Maurice though. Like Maurice is the type of person, like no rules. He's just like, we're having a good time. And yes, we've all been there. We've all been stoned. And all we want to (laughs) do is pick up that chocolate cake. That's dessert on somebody else's plate. (laughs) I have done it millions of times. Off of a contact high. I wasn't even high myself. I had just picked it up (laughs) from sitting my ass next to Paris Hilton somewhere. (laughs) I felt like someone else wrote um didn't someone write a very specific question for Justin I felt like I saw it okay well I have a whole thread so let me just pick off one or two that are good um at what point did you realize that things were getting awkward or more tense versus how the show presented it because you know obviously a lot happens in the edit where like they're building up to something but at what point did you feel the shift in energy at the dinner change oh i think when there was two shifts one when lisa renna brought up first impressions because i knew at that point this wasn't just a regular game like there was something behind it and I couldn't figure out what it was about, but I knew because when everybody perks up, 
I just like, it's like, Oh, here we go. I don't know what we're in for, but somebody has something to say about someone. So at that moment I thought, okay, something's going on. And the second shift was when Aaron started talking about what he does for work. And Denise said, you need to shut up right now. And you could see her hit him under the table. And when he started continuing it saying we are being followed, I was like, listen, I I don't even, I can't, I can't go through this. I just got my job. Like I can't be dying (laughs) because you know, the CIA or the FBI is following your ass. You're like blur out my face. I'm like, ah, and and like, you know, gay, gay people and black people, we can't hide our facial expressions. I was at one point, you can see me look down at my plate and I'm telling my drunk ass, just focus on the piece of asparagus, focus on the asparagus, do not make a face. And he was like, people are following us. And my face kind of came up and was like, what? No, when he started going out about the cancer, I just, I, I, I felt like I was high Mauricio in that moment, like trying to put the pieces together. Justin thought that Pfizer was coming for him. Oh I was like, God. Pfizer is going to, every major pharmaceutical company is about to fuck us up. Okay, because I've heard in his defense, in his defense, I have heard of doctors and practitioners being threatened by big pharma in certain ways, either by lobbyists or by people who work for them. But I have heard of the big pharma mafia before. I have had doctors in my life who have gotten the threats, you know, when they're near finding something. I have had people who have found easier ways to do things and, um, being bought out by shell companies that want to buy their technology and never using it in order for big pharma to make that money. Like I have been, I've seen that firsthand. So when he started talking about being followed, that wasn't the craziest part to me. The part of the matter was if you're being followed, the thing I reacted most to is if you're being followed and you know that like your life could potentially be in danger, why the fuck are you talking about it on national TV? Yeah, that, that's how <laughs> I know felt. The cameras there, yeah. That's, yeah, that's how I felt. I have enough experience in the holistic world to know that what he's saying isn't crazy, like it that that is real, but exactly that's what I was shaken by also the fact that he was discussing it so readily. And the other thing that I was so flabbergasted by and part of my look was I'm your wife. This is my group of friends. I have three children with one crazy man already. The last thing I need in my life, no matter how good the dick is, is more people following me and more craziness around me. So when I say, shut the fuck up, that's enough. You know what you do? You get information. Mm-hmm. Totally. And mm-hmm. I feel like Denise overall is a pretty chill person. So when you saw when you saw her getting fired up like that, I you knew you know it's serious. Oh, well, I hear Denise gets fired the fuck up all season long. Yeah, so for sure. Get ready for Denise fired up. And I don't think you want to see Denise fired up because she's got that scrappiness in her. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see it. I almost Um, worked for Denise. You're what? I almost worked for Denise. Really? Oh, really? I almost, Denise was almost one of my ladysitting clients. Wow. I went on two interviews with her. She was a nice, one of the nicest people. So normal, so chill, and so beautiful back in the cut. Oh, so beautiful. I think she is so gorgeous. She's hot. She's an icon. Yeah. 
Well, that kind of goes to our last, my last question for you. Someone asked was, first of all, if how you feel about Garcelle, if you know her or love her and what, obviously you're super, super close with Kyle, but what your relationship is like with the other women? Because I feel like you're friends with them. So the funny part about it was, I met Kyle through Allie Landry. And Allie... Housewife, by the way. She needs to be a housewife. She needs to be a housewife. I've said that for years. So I met Kyle through Allie Landry. And um, years down the line, when I got my show, Allie Landry started hosting a show called um, Hollywood Live Today, was the name of the show with Ross Matthews and Garcelle Mm -hmm. And I would go watch Allie Landry at her show to take notes in order to bring on to Daily Pop. And I got to meet Garcelle that way. And when I would go to the studio to hang out with Allie, Garcelle was always there. Fast forward to a year, a year and a half ago, Garcelle was a co-host on my show because Carissa was out for the day. And Garcelle co-hosted my show for two days. And on the second day, I said to her, would you ever think about being on reality TV? And she goes, I would think about it. I was like, would you ever think about being on Housewives of Beverly Hills? And she said, I mean, I would think about it, but are they casting right now? I said, I don't know if they're casting right now, but I have a feeling they wouldn't pass up on you because she was so opinionated and she was so, um, she was so opinionated. She was so honest, but she was so authentic. So I texted one of the executive producers of the show and I said, Hey, have you ever thought about talking to Garcelle Bouvet for the show? And he was like, we reached out, but her, her people said that she wouldn't be interested in doing it. And I said, I just talked to her on my show. And at the break, I asked her if she'd be down. And she was like, yeah. So I forwarded Garcelle's personal phone number to the executive producer of Housewives. And that's how Garcelle got on the show. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we have you to thank. Yeah, but they had already. Thank you. I'm loving her so much. No, and it's crazy, you know, and I've known Garcelle through Allie. I met Erica through one of my good friends is her publicist. So I knew Erica from when she was performing back in the day, like when Housewives first started and she was not even on the radar. So I knew Erica back from when my friend Jack was, it's, it's still her publicist, but, you know, back when she first like, started in music and um, Lisa Renna had been a guest on my show, but I know her mostly through Housewives because she would come to Kyle's parties even before she was a housewife. So if you look closely in season one of Housewives, Lisa Renna was there at the white party, at Maurice's white party. Oh, I love that. I and love that. Way before she was a housewife. Um, and yeah. I to read through Kyle. yeah, it's like, it's all real. It's all connected. So, you know, it's funny because I have my own friendships with everybody, but obviously, you know, my heart and my loyalty goes to Kyle, but she never really, you know, makes anyone choose sides. Like she understands my job and my line of business that I have to be cordial and cool and interview everybody. And I have to be unbiased. So she never right. ever puts me in a position where I feel uncomfortable at my job. Right. Yeah. That's so I, nice. I mean, yeah. My heart and my loyalty is to Kyle also. So I understand. Say, my heart and my loyalty is to Kyle too. <laughs> yeah. But she's like the type of person where like, 
I hate to bring up this name, but like LVP has like her crew. And oh, yeah. no matter if she's right or wrong, she could be standing there with the candlestick in the library and Colonel Mustard could be laying down in front of her. They will say there's no way she killed Colonel Mustard. <laughs> right, right. Her her Lee press on nail could be stuck in his eye steel and they will say, no, she could never do that. And they're loyal to a fault in that sense that they will ride with her that hard. And there's something about that. I'm like, that's y'all thing. But for us, we're honest friends and we're independent and she can fight her own battles and she doesn't need anybody to help her fight these things. Like, she can do it herself. And I'm always like, all right, girl, I'm staying out of this. Like, you know, you already know I'm not getting involved. Right, right. Yeah. And that's- I love your friendship so much. Yeah. I feel like it's amazing. No, and I'm so great. happy. I'm so happy you were at that dinner party and that we happened to ha- get you this week. Like, it just made me so happy. And I was watching you the whole time. The and way- I'm so, so glad we got to break it down. The way that I feel about... Justin being on screen during a very stressful Housewives moment is the way that I feel about Mindy Weiss being on screen and during a very stressful Kardashian moment in the sense of like, my peace is just restored. And for that, I thank you. Mindy Weiss. Amazing, by the way, uh, which I feel like is hard with those lights. It's, no, no, it's like a wreck because they don't like you. Like, they don't care what you look like. So you're getting like the cell phone light from somebody's phone and you better be lucky with that whole thing. But this episode is not the episode that you should be dying to see. The episode that you're dying to see is when, oh, I can't even say it, but it's Kyle's, it's Kyle's Children's Hospital event that's coming up. Oh my up God. We were soon. watching that on social. I remember. I'm so excited. Bitch. Chris Jenner. All the old housewives, all the worlds collide in one space. It is epic. Oh my God. We'll have to have you back for that one. I mean, listen, Justin, as always, I could like the amount that I love you is just something I can't even express. You are the best. You make every episode so much fun. You are a light. I thank you so, so, so much for being here. I can't even tell you. Really? You guys, I love you. I love you. And look, I would be remiss if I didn't get a chance to say that anybody who is out there suffering and, you know, needing an escape from what's going on right now in the world, I suggest that you log on to NAMI. It's one of the best mental health resources that we have in our state, in our, in our nation. Log on to NAMI. Talkspace is another great avenue because I know a lot of people are suffering with anxiety and mental stability right now. And if you are that person, I urge you, this is not a plug. This is not me giving an endorsement. This is me telling you what I have found helpful and resourceful at this time. You know, with someone who suffers from PTSD and a panic disorder, you should reach out and you should talk to there's even telemed people that you can talk to, talk to anyone um, and just reach out. That's the first step in finding peace and stability in this world. So thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate that. And I'm sorry I brought the mood down. I just had to say that. No, you're not bringing the mood down. I think the transparency is amazing. You know how much of an advocate I am for that. And you guys know, I say that all the time and I'm glad to hear you say it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with asking for help. It's very empowering and actually the strongest thing you can do. And for a real lighthearted escape, 
Justin's Just the Sip podcast is one of the most entertaining podcasts out there. I highly, highly recommend everybody listening. He's Daily Pop also. He's just the best. We love you and thank you so much. I love you guys too. And look, I interviewed Brandy Glanville about mm, a few months ago, right when all the Housewives drama was happening. And if you listen very closely, if you go back to that podcast and listen to it, you will get some serious tea on what's about to happen on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We were supposed to cut it out. We did not cut it out. We fought to keep it in. And if you are a Bravo-holic and you want to know what happens, go through. You can put the pieces together. Get your Sarah Paulson meme together with her trying to figure (laughs) out the math equation and listen to that (laughs) podcast. It is a good one. Oh, love that. Yes, it is. It is a real good one. We love you. Thank you. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you, or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada, yada, yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. How much fun is Justin, Julie? No, the the best time ever. He is genuinely one of my favorite people in the whole world. In the world. (laughs) Also, your audio, like, yes, it's frustrating that it cuts out, but it honestly happens usually at a pretty good time, you know? Yeah, like it, it's like <laughs> yeah, like I don't know how to describe it, but like it always cuts out at like the the lesser of two evils of a time. No, it's like your audio knows that you don't watch Bravo. Like, yeah, it was unbelievable. It knew that you weren't going to contribute to the recap anyway. You know? Yeah, it's it, that was like really like a very stressful. That was the first time I think it's happened when we've been on with someone <laughs> else. That like we were in the middle, and I was like, oh my god, I was like, yeah. God help me, please. Well, all is well. Moving on to our award ceremony. Funniest comment of the week goes to Zach Braff. He posted a picture of himself with Robert De Niro, caption, I can't wait for you guys to see me and my hero, Robert De Niro, in the comeback trail, one of the coolest experiences of my whole life. 
And one of the bots commented, I want something long and thick. Do you have it? And he responds, long, but not thick. Sorry. Two things. First of all, I loved it. Second of all, yes, I know that the person actually wrote thick, but like that, that, those are the circumstances where like we don't acknowledge the typo because it's just funnier if you don't, you know? How do bots make typos? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Got to talk to someone about that. Okay. And for best clapback, which is actually a perfect transition into our Kardashian recap, I think this is the first time we've ever given it to a tweet, but it goes to Kendall Jenner because this was just unparalleled. Basically, somebody posted a TikTok of um, these boys throwing around their little sister and they wrote, NBA players passing around Kendall Jenner and someone tweets, maybe she's passing them around. And she responds, they act like I'm not in full control of where I throw this cooch. Oh, so I out of genuinely out of left field, because I feel like not only do I not expect her to really be like the clapback kind of girl. I didn't expect her to come like so full force. Like that was an amazing tweet. I also didn't think that she was going to acknowledge the Devin Booker stuff. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I also just want to say, I know some like just, it really was only a couple of people, but were concerned about the initial video of the girl being thrown around. They thought she was like knocked out and not awake or anything. We And they're like, you know, delete this until you can verify the identity of the girl. We looked at the TikTok, obviously. It was the it was um the boy's little sister. They're like siblings. And she is totally fine. He posted a video after being like, for everybody concerned about her, she's like a smiley, adorable little girl. And if we ever thought that there was something wrong with that, we would have never posted that. Um, but we did. We obviously looked into it, right? Anything yeah, else you want to say on that? No, I don't think there's anything. I think people were also upset just by the the a wording of the original tweet, which is like the whole point. Like the whole point is how disgusting that tweet is and that Kendall did not put up with that shit. So Yeah, it was disgusting. And obviously it was wrong of the, the, that person to use a TikTok of a little girl. Like, yes, that part was fine. But in terms of the actual like well-being of the girl, she is totally fine. Yes. Um. Okay. That was a perfect transition to our Kardashian recap, which... Oh, okay. Julie. Yes. I know. Let's just start with Kendall because I want to end with Kylie. Is that okay with you? Of course. So the reason that this whole tweet started was because Kendall was seen with Devin Booker. Um, They apparently were taking a quarantine road trip to Arizona. He plays for the Phoenix Suns. I know that that people had a problem with that in itself in terms of like the breaking quarantine thing. I, I don't know. There's, there's not much that we can say. It's yeah. not you know what yeah. I mean. Like I can't control where Kendall Jenner goes. Exactly. Um, but, you know, this was significant. One, because it would make sense that she would no longer be with Ben Simmons if this is true. And second of all, Devin Booker was the rumored ex of Jordan Woods. And Jordan and Devin initially sparked dating rumors in May 2018 when they were seen on a double date in West Hollywood with Kendall and Ben Simmons, which let's just... Like, take you back to a time when Kendall and Jordan were double fucking dating, you know? I, first of all, that whole connection of, like, the fact that they the rumor started when they went on a double date is just crazy to me. And I feel like that is probably the biggest part being left off in this narrative. Like, no, I don't think it's crazy that Kendall is dating Jordan's ex. I think that is perfectly normal at this stage. She has no, she owes her nothing. They have no connection really anymore. I don't think that, like, there's any reason for them not to date or that Jordan would be a reason for them not to date. But I think the fact that the first time that Jordan and Devin were rumored to be dating in the beginning was because they were on a double date with Kendall and Ben Simmons. Yes, exactly. I also, this is significant. So after the whole news broke, the next morning, Jordan tweets, haha, good morning, with three trash can emojis. She then deleted it. I mean, I 
I feel like you and I are really good about not jumping to things in the sense of like, okay, maybe that wasn't cryptic. To me, I just feel like there was no way it wasn't. No, I think it was. And I think the thing with Jordan is that I don't think she deleted it because she got shit for it. I think she just deleted it because I think she's one of those people and is trying to be one of those people that's just above it all. And I think sometimes she just does something without thinking or sometimes she just regresses back to that. And I think she caught herself in a moment and was like, no, I'm above this and deleted it. Yeah, kind of totally different circumstance. But for a second, it took me back to when Chloe was angry tweeting at Red Table Talk and then deleted them, remember? Right, like I think that, I think also Jordan has put herself in a position, rightfully so, where she wants people to like think and know that she is beyond this and she's past it and it doesn't really affect her anymore. And I think sometimes, of course, there are things that are going to affect her. She spent half her life with these people and they were her closest friends and now they're not. And I think that sometimes she reacts in a way where she loses sight of the fact that she wants to just be past it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think she's like, I mean, I always say this. I was, I honestly, out of anyone, like between you and I, I was the most disappointed with her. Remember when that whole thing happened If people were inboxing? Because like, I go so hard for her. Like, as you go yeah. hard for Poosh, I, I went so hard for Jordan. And <laughs> I do not go that hard for Poosh. <laughs> you go for Jordan. That is incomparable. <laughs> Um, and you know, I was obviously really upset, but I have to say, like, I totally support her. I think she's really turned it around. And I mean, you know, I like have, a, like, I just think she's so stunning. I always I say really go harder for her now. I don't know if that's wrong to say, but I, there's just something where I'm like, go so hard for her now. I just want her to like the same way that I want Kylie and Chloe to be happy. I want her to be happy. I want her to thrive. Like their successes can absolutely coexist. It doesn't, they don't take away from each other, you know? I also think that something good has to have come from this situation. And like, you know, Tristan's life is basically back to what it was before. You know what I mean? Like, see, like in from his view, he's lost nothing. He has his daughter in his life. He's seeing Chloe constantly. Maybe they're not together, but he still has her in some capacity. So I think it would be absolutely ridiculous for this situation to have ended that no skin off Tristan's back and Jordan's the one that suffers. No, there's no way. I think that's why I root for Jordan is because there's no way in that scenario that that would be right. I uh, totally. And I also think that, and I will stand firm in this. Like, I don't think Jordan is a homewrecker. I think she got herself into a situation where she exhibited some real homewrecker behavior, but I think Tristan is a serial cheater. And I think Jordan just got really caught up in a wrong moment. It was wrong. Absolutely. But I don't think that that's her character. I think it was just a lack of judgment. I don't think she should suffer for the rest of her life because of that at all. No, I don't think anybody should. I don't, I truly, there's not, there are very few people that I feel like they deserve that. And maybe the one I can think of is Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, I can think of a couple off the top of my head, but Jordan is certainly not one of them. And by the way, from the looks of you know, what she's doing and where she's been. I, I don't think she's suffering. I think she's living her best life right now and I couldn't be happier for her. I think so too. Um, so you guys know last week we talked about Kylie's new almost $40 million house, insane. I didn't know, and listen, she was posting pictures of course, but I didn't know the TikTok content we were about to get. And I guess she's quarantined with Stoss and Stoss is staying there. And they are posting, I mean, truly the type of content that we live for. Stoss, oh my God, it's the best. Stas yesterday did the My Best Friend's Rich Check, which is a TikTok sound if you're unfamiliar with it, and gave us like a mini tour of Kylie's house. And I was like, you know something, Stas? This is how you do TikTok. Oh my God. And David Dobrik commented on that TikTok and was like, this sound was literally made for you. Yeah, and it was. Oh my God, no, that's crazy. And also, Travis has to be quarantining there too. 
which we yeah. didn't realize. Like I thought, remember they were like in Palm Springs mm-hmm. and then they come back. And I think from Palm Springs, they came right to the new house or so it seems, mm-hmm. but we knew Travis was with them in Palm Springs, but then Kylie posted that TikTok where he's in the background and that's at the new house. I know. So exactly. Travis must be with them there. I don't know. I'd obviously love to see that dynamic. I also have to say, because I don't think we put, we talked about this last week, the contrast. You guys remember like two weeks ago when those paparazzi pictures of Kylie outside of Stoss's house came out and she was wearing no makeup in that sweatsuit and she didn't really look like herself or how she typically looks. And she kind of got dragged for it. But I think it was like, on one hand, people were making fun of her, like just people that were being mean. And then there was the people that actually really liked it because they felt like it was relatable to how they looked in quarantine. So those pictures come out. It's okay that your phone's ringing. Don't worry, Julie. You know what? We're in fucking quarantine. Shit happens. We're going rogue. You did it anyway. You're fine. <laughs> oh. Um, you know, those, those pictures came out, but what we saw right after that was Kylie upping the content in like truly a way that we have not seen. Like she was posting at sonic speed every day, another thirst trap. And on Twitter, everybody was saying like, wow, Kylie really trying to make us forget about those pictures. And I have to say something, honestly, like, I I don't know if this is going to make sense, but it really makes sense in my head. I obviously love every time, like I love when Kylie posts. I just, I could look at them all day. I don't care. I don't care if she Photoshopped. I don't care. I just like the content. I enjoy it. I like seeing the house, whatever. But I do think that there's legitimacy to that. And that made me so sad. The fact that like this girl can't even be photographed, not even looking bad, just looking like a real human being without the insecurity coming up to the point where she has to like put so much content out to erase that out of everyone's mind. Because the one time that you're looking you know, normal, your picture is plastered everywhere. Like that is no fucking way to live. Right. And I think that- Does that make sense? Wait, well, you go. Does it make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I was going to say that I think that it is such a, like take the celebrity aspect out of it or take the fact that she's Kylie Jenner out of it. I feel like that is such a normal reaction. Don't you? Like if there was a bad picture of you somewhere, it's the same thing that we talk about. Like, going into the grocery store and I promise I can do better. Like, it's like, if there was a bad picture of me out there, I would want to, I would want to race that. I think like that's human nature, especially for girls. And I think that the thing that's so interesting about this is that like, people are acting like Kylie Jenner is the first girl to ever look different in makeup. I know. I think look different online. I literally, I have never, there's a TikTok audio that's like, like, you guys want to talk about catfishing? Like, I'm the queen of it. It's like girls doing their makeup or taking off their eyelashes. Like, what is different than anybody doing that versus Kylie Jenner doing that just because it's out there so much? There's so much to it. I think people I think people just have a real problem with the fact that, like, she's not, she's not fully transparent as to what she has done because it's more than just, like, you know, it's not just the makeup. It's, like, her fillers and stuff. It's like, listen, we know for a fact she plasters on the makeup. She's made her entire, you know, income off of that. We know for a fact she has lip fillers. I don't think we're going to get her to sit down anytime in the near future and tell us exactly what she has done to her face. Maybe she's gone, you know, a couple weeks without the filler in her jaw that makes the jawline more prominent. Like who knows? We're not going to get that. You know what I mean? So like, to me, it's kind of just like live and let live. I don't know. I, if you, if you are annoyed at, at her like glow up or whatever you want to call it, then you're never going to like, then you're just never going to be on board. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that the whole thing is that I think people get really upset by like the whole quote standards of beauty thing, which is really what the issue at the end of the day is with like the way Kylie looks. I think people feel is that like, okay, if you actually look like this, then why are you making people believe you look like this? It hurts self-esteem, all of those things. And I get it. 
But at the same time, a normal picture of her gets leaked. And yeah, some people are like, oh, that's what she really looks like. But most of the comments are nasty about how she looks. So obviously she's then going to do what she can to not look like that. It's a, it's a, that but that's my whole point. It's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle because I understand the argument of like, be your natural self, you know, show, show girls that it's okay. Like I get that. I really, really do. I think she at, on a certain level has a responsibility as a role model. At the same time, like she is just as insecure as anyone else. And people are so goddamn mean. Like, could you imagine on your worst day, Julie? Like when the way that I looked when I went to Wegmans last week, if there was a picture of me that was going out to hundreds of millions of people, I don't know what I would have fucking done. If there was one picture of me taken in quarantine, I would sue. I would sue everybody. But that, I would sue literally people that had nothing to do with the photo. Right. I'd sue Bill Gates. <laughs> so it's just like, it's, it's a fucked up thing. This is a much longer conversation. I have a lot more thoughts on it, but as it, as it applies to this particular situation, I just think that everybody just, let's all just take a deep breath. You know what I mean? She's clearly not perfect. She has her issues. She, I don't, I'm not saying that she is, but I just think that it's so unfair to like expect that she's supposed to be natural all the time when she gets fucking dragged when she is. So now she's forced to put on this like mask because people make her feel like shit when she doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. It's so much easier. It's so much easier to say, just be confident with your natural self. Of course, that's the goal. I wish every single one of us could do it. But when you're being bashed by so many people, it's hard to not feel, you know, insecure. I'll tell you though, this entire conversation just like really (laughs) hones in my belief that I don't think there's an amount of money that I could be paid to like be on camera or, or be famous. Like, it's just so, I just know that I'm physically not cut out for it. I just couldn't do it. Like it, it just, I know that there are so many perks that come with it, but God damn, what a way to live. No, I, I could never listen. No. Listen, if Michael Jordan can turn, turn down a hundred million dollars for a two hour appearance, then I can turn down anything else. <laughs> you know, right. We didn't even talk about The Last Dance. We should talk about that next week. I have to finish it. I haven't watched it all yet. Did you watch it? I didn't finish the whole thing. I've been watching some. It's really well done. Oh, I have to watch. I told my dad I'd watch with him. Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra had quite a wild ride. Carmen Electra Pornhub searches are through the roof. I know. It's crazy. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add Kardashian-wise? Do you think that our points made sense? I, I think that they may be taken wrong, but I, I know what I meant. I feel confident in what I meant. Yeah, no, I think, well, also, I think it's such a larger conversation that I don't think one person has the answer to be like, here's what you should do with your natural self. Like, yeah. it, it, there's a million opinions and a million ideas and a million standards of beauty. So it's impossible to have like one right answer there. Yeah, it's so true. Okay. Well, I think that's all. I know this was a long episode, but as our producer always says, content dictates length. And this would just have to be a little bit of a longer one. So we love you guys. We will see you on Wednesday for our Dell small business bonus episode. I really think you'll like it. I had the best time doing it. Um, and then yeah, back on Friday for, oh, wait, we should acknowledge this. Oh, so no. yeah. <laughs> so Kardashians is apparently not coming back until September, which we didn't realize when we um, posted the last week's bonus episode. So I don't know what Friday's bonus episode is going to be. It could be Kardashian. It could be Bravo. Totally feel free to give us your thoughts, but it will obviously be something and we will be doing a bonus show every week. I just can't tell you exactly what it will be right this moment. It's going to be a surprise. Surprise to us too. (laughs) It's going to be a surprise to you probably. (laughs) Okay. Love you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday. 